Now, for something completely different, here is your host, Brian Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people of all sexes, welcome to the Existential Threat episode of The Two and Only, our weekly calculation of the roadkill of human rights littering the halls of Congress and displayed as trophies at White House press briefings right alongside the parchment shredder used for the decimating of the Constitution and the quaint Bill of Rights. Permit me to introduce the all-star cast for our discussion. Brian Wilson's my name, current Substack writer and once upon a time radio and TV talk show host, last living legend before Dundalk's infamous Belching Dragon Oriental Dining Dojo, reopening tomorrow just a few months after that unfortunate surprise health inspection. Joining me once again is nationally idolized, best-selling author, the notorious tip of the spear for the New York Post opinion page, and recent recipient of the TSA's Scruffy Beard Award, a template for its new facial recognition for potential terrorist software. Please welcome our unindicted co-conspirator, James Bovard. Brian, thanks for your kind words. TSA Scruffy Beard Award, you know. There it I, is. I worked so hard to polish my image and, and mm. try to look more urbane, but mm. it's possible uh, to take the boy out of the mountains. You can't True. take the mountains out of the boy. That's it right there. Well, I would suggest, I mean, not that I'm any satorial expert, but if you're going for that urbane look, I think you see you got the beard down. Maybe it's a, you're missing the man bun. I think if you went with the man <laughs> bun. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, well, I, I, I think I'm about... Uh, several decades late on that, but uh, uh. Um, fantasy lives forever. Well, they do make a prosthetic that uh, looks about the same, prosthetic. so you could always go with that. <laughs> oh, there's all kinds of crude jokes I could make here. True, true. This is a, I will it is just a sit here and try and, uh, and yeah. I will I'll sit here and try to act urbane. Since yeah. I can't look urbane, I'll I'll try to sound urbane. Well, that's okay. Yeah, but I I personally I kind of like the Cabela LL Bean look that's featured on so many of. Uh, of the photographs while you've been out stomping around the hills of Appalachia and so on. I think that's a, that's a good look. It's consistent. And I, and of course there's a lot of urbane males that are uh, valiantly trying with little success to emulate that particular image. So I think, uh, I think you're setting a standard here that uh, could go a long way. Maybe Esquire magazine would put you on the front instead of carrying an article. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, um, it chances to me, Getting into Sports Illustrated really low right now. Because, yeah, now you pretty much uh, blew they, that one too. I mean, the yeah. chances are really low for two reasons. First, the the magazine got canceled. Yeah. And second, I'm not transgender. Mm. Well, that's true. But then on the other hand, as uh, as long as the swimsuit fit properly, who tell? <laughs> uh, never mind. Never mind. Let's uh, mercy. Right mercy is important. Mercy. There's a curtain of mercy, <laughs> and there's also a curtain of mercy. Uh, let's see, guys of a certain age. Right. Know, eh, eh. Let's just, yeah. uh, you know, it's better to stay in the shadows. True, true, true. And I don't even want to go into the weather forecast. So let's uh, just move on here and get to, um, uh, well, I do want to ask, um, had you uh, had you recovered from the surprise ending of the New Hampshire primaries? Well, it was, um, I was, I was holding out hope that the, uh, that uh, Biden would not come in first place, but they had all these mystery mail-in ballots, mm, these, mm. Uh, you know, write-in ballots. And, um, you know, at, at seven, at eight o'clock, at nine o'clock, Biden was still behind pretty badly last night. But I guess overnight they found all those ballots. Yeah. And Biden came in first place in New Hampshire in spite of 
uh, you know, lagging far behind. I was sitting there, I was thinking like, you know, why do I feel like deja vu here? Well, you know, it. Um, I, I may have misread the article. That's always a possibility. But I thought this morning I saw a, a post that NBC uh, had called the election for Biden uh, almost immediately, whereas Trump, with a considerable lead over Haley, too early to call, too early to call. So I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe that was where the, the missing vote thing came in. But another part was the... Um, uh, there was uh, other articles I read. The subsequent um, in-depth analysis of the voters uh, has raised some eyebrows, but particularly mine and, and Cassie picked up on it. The uh, CBS and AP uh, have each published articles detailing how only New Hampshire, uh, here we are, rednecks, deplorables, gun and Bible huggers, and high school graduates voted for Trump while college-educated, white-collar, Mensa and DAR members, corporate officers, and everyone on the raised pinky roster voted for Nikki Haley. I thought that was kind of interesting. Now, what I, my question is, based on that, uh, in your unvarnished opinion, does this reflect the typical condescension of the, of the liberal media, or could this constitute a subtle form of election interference similar to what Russia, Russia, Russia allegedly did, manipulating voters, when Trump ran against Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. What do you think? Um, I don't know what exactly be categorized all categorized as. It certainly sounds contemptuous of uh, Trump voters. And um, it's interesting to see that the uh, see how the media is still thinks it's uh, standing on the uh, on Mount Olympus mm. waiting to judge every different group of the American populace. Um, it was funny how the uh, the vote um, broke out there in uh, New Hampshire. It, it's hard to win a Republican primary when you lose Republican voters by a ratio of 74 to 24, as Nikki Haley did. Um, and it, it's interesting to see the folks who were still cheerleading for her inside D.C. and inside the media, it's like, um, how many wars do you have to support before you're um, um, untouchable? So Yeah, before you get their support, that's for sure. The uh, yeah. well, I was noticing that the one of the articles this morning, for example, pointed out that Biden beat back the challenger, whoever that guy was. Uh, Dean think, Phillips? Yeah, beat back. What do you mean, beat back? What are you talking about? He's right in ballot. <laughs> Team Biden spent something like $1.8 million in uh, New Hampshire to avoid an embarrassment. So I'm assuming that went for signs and walk around money to get people to, you know, fill out the ballot accordingly. But uh, I thought that was really interesting. The, uh, and of course, New Hampshire's uh, quaint voting uh, voter registration method where you can switch parties and go from Democrat to Republican to independent to whatever. It's kind of interesting how, and the, and the supposition that a lot of Democrats said, well, what the hell, since Biden pulled out, it doesn't mean anything. We'll just go ahead and change parties and vote for Nikki Haley so we can uh, embarrass Trump. Yeah, but it was, uh, the Slate had a very good article, I think yesterday, on how the Biden team really screwed up in New Hampshire. It was came close to being a debacle for them, and they, and they really had to turn up the heat and twist elbows to get folks turning out there. Yeah. The Biden folks were... Basically, uh, you, you know, shafted New Hampshire because they wanted South Carolina to be the first real primary state. Mm -hmm. But as someone pointed out, the, the state of New Hampshire is quite representative of how elections go in the U.S. And it's it's very contested. I, I mean, it's hard to tell which party is going to win. 
South Carolina, the GOP almost always wins. But it was the uh, black voters in South Carolina that basically gave by the nomination last time around because all of a sudden, all of his competitors, it was sort of like that they got the same late night call, you will drop <laughs> yeah. out of the race. I have decided to drop out of the race. And it's like, you know, where, where the hell did this come from? It was a, it was a stampede to the exits. And it's like, you know what, is Biden so intimidating looking? I mean, he still couldn't. I mean, there's a, there's a, another story here. Uh, this is a, a tangent. and uh, But Biden, I guess, gave a talk yesterday in Virginia. And he was heckled badly yes. uh, by folks complaining about Gaza and the uh, Israeli um, number of civilians have been killed there. Uh, and he seemed to get quite rattled by that. And it's an interesting thing the media has not yet picked up on. Biden has always been a shaky speaker. Biden has gotten older. He's now even shakier and, you know, sort of like a boxer with a complete glass jaw. And now you have these hecklers coming out. Hecklers on his Middle East policy. And uh, I think it's going to throw him off badly unless they find a way to ban any Palestinians or Muslims or have some kind of litmus test for people who attend Biden's speeches. Well, I don't think they're going to get by with a melanin examination. There's uh, enough people, uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants out there on a pay, somebody's paycheck that have got their made to order signs doing their, doing their thing. But the, um, there was not only that, and you're right about the shaky thing. I saw a clip this morning. Apparently, at some point during his address, he got into wailing about abortion and all the rest of that. And he said it was really quite comical. He said, "The queers are Trump, America, women." I mean, it came out just just about that badly, and uh, <laughs> of course, somebody picked it up. And it just um, it's it, it, it's it gets to a point where you wonder how much more. Are the 33% that think Biden's doing a great job going to find out that he's not doing a great job? Or is that 33% just some straw man figure that the uh, polling companies uh, throw in uh, so that uh, they don't have to use too many zeros? I, uh, but the, the, the one thing about the analysis of the voters in New Hampshire that I thought was kind of interesting was not so much uh, whether or not the liberal media, the CBSs and APs and NBCs, were massaging the story a la Russian interference. But if nothing else, it seemed to be demonstrative enough uh, for election interference, if, if election interference can be can be defined that way. But maybe if it's not, it's just more of the divide and conquer strategy of that great unifier, Joe Biden, because this just makes another category. You can be rich or poor, you can be black or white, you can be urban or rural, and now you can either be college educated or a high school dropout, or you can be a gun lover or a member of the, you know, whatever anti gun second amendment pearl clutchers club. It's, um, but it is, it, it is part of a, as I see it, uh, part of if nothing less than a, another division, another line to divide, to separate one group from another. So if 70% yeah. of the, people who voted for Trump were all high school graduates and New Hampshire rednecks. Who are the 3%? What college did the other 3% go to that did vote for him? Uh, probably not Harvard. Probably not Dartmouth either. That's for sure. Uh, that's true. There was a, the, uh, one of the stories I read said that the uh, town where Dartmouth is had one of the biggest ratios for uh, Nikki Haley. I mean, but Brian, this is the same thing we've seen all the way back since 1980 
when the media was uh, denigrating uh, Ronald Reagan supporters. Yes. I mean, it was like you had to be some kind of uh, racist gun owner knucklehead in order to support this uh, Hollywood guy instead of Jimmy Carter, who was in the Navy uh, and uh, and did not sink any submarines there. So, yeah. Mm. Otherwise, how are you going to get 50 states? Well, and it's just, it might be that I'm just kind of numb on this because I've been denigrated for so long, even though I'm not a, you know, I never voted for Trump uh, and I'm not a Republican, but as uh, you know, there's so much hostility out there now towards libertarians. Mm. I mean, it's it's almost like that's the ultimate uh, denigration. And it's, it's kind of like, okay, so you're in favor of freedom, so you hate humanity. Strange connection. Well, maybe you need to change your name to Klaus Bovard or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Klaus Schwab a, Bovard. Yeah. yeah get that would have a, a nice ring the, to it. <laughs> the, well, you know what? I think the cure to everything is we'll just vote for Viper Supreme. I think that'll Viper get Viper Supreme. Out. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Get, get out of all of this. But um, uh, speaking of, uh, of, of your cherished status, uh, you got a you got a really neat article up there for, uh, that you had in the Future Freedom Foundation uh, site, and uh, I thought as a public service to all the frequent flyer members in our audience, uh, we might cherry pick a few helpful epigrams from the from that article for all those lovable lugs who uh, worship you over at the uh, TSA. If you haven't read it, it's at jimbovar.com, and it's will the TSA steal your mug now? Uh, this is uh, can also be found at the Future Freedom website. But first, the audience needs to know that these mugs are not the same as the Stanley tumblers that caused recent riots at selected Target stores. Uh, so they're just so you. <laughs> that was good. I, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, that's the whole idea. The um, But the Washington Post, uh, you wrote, the Washington Post warned in 2019 that airport facial recognition systems are America's biggest step yet to normalize treating our faces as data that can be stored, tracked, and inevitably stolen. Well, I appreciate the Washington Post of all publications waving the flag, but um, it doesn't seem to have done any good. The uh, juggernaut seems to be moving right along. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's a handful of senators who are pushing back, mostly liberal Democrats. They're doing some good work on this issue, but it's it, it's sad to, to see that uh, it doesn't matter how much the TSA screws up. The uh, Washington establishment assumes the answer is to give them more power and let them intrude further into people's lives. And they're going to be, it's voluntary now to get your, uh, you know, to, uh, to rely on your facial scan as a way to identify yourself when flying. But it's probably going to become mandatory pretty soon. And this, this is from an agency that uh, fired more than 500 of its own employees for looting uh, travelers, uh, uh, passengers' luggage, their laptops, their wallets, and so what's going to happen with the facial shots that they take? Those are going to get looted as well and end up in some kind of, uh, you know, dark website. So, but it, it, it doesn't matter because the people making these policies, they simply don't care because they're part of the elite and they're immune. And, you know, most of them will probably vote for Nikki Haley besides. Probably so. But I thought you had a line in a previous article that I meant to tie in with this and I, I dropped it. But the, the, the point was that with... Uh, somebody as incompetent as uh, Joe Biden and, and and invisible cabinet members that check into hospitals without telling anybody or go off to breastfeed their newborns, that kind of routine, that it leaves these unaccountable bureaucrats in charge of doing whatever the hell they want with these various rules and regulations. And they're unaccountable and unfoundable and untraceable and unfireable. 
that's um, and that's what we wind up with. But um, you wrote the uh, the TSA in, in conjunction with what you were just mentioning. The TSA is one of the most secretive domestic agencies. For comparison, is my question: Would you say the TSA is more or less secretive than Biden's climate envoy, John Ketchup Kerry? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I haven't. Um... I haven't tried to investigate John Kerry. I mean, I was, I've always been impressed by billionaires with private jets, mm. um, and, and especially those who are, in are worried about climate change. I, know, I think there was a quote from him last week about how he was, how we had to do something about the farms, you know, because oh you know, yeah, all that you know, fertilizer, a yeah. lot of emissions. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, well, you know, billionaire is going to have food no matter what happens to the farms, but, um. I don't know, but the, the, the thing, you know, the TSA, there are so many levels of BS with TSA and because uh, TSA encourages people, if they have a, if people feel like they've been abused by a TSA agent, file a complaint, you know, okay, let us know for goodness sake. <laughs> if a journalist wants to see those complaints, nope, nope, they're all confidential. So it's a typical Washington scam where you, uh, it's a facade of due process. And then there is this uh, iron curtain of secrecy. Uh, and it's um, there was uh, somebody I forgot which uh, media organization it was was trying to get those complaints. They filed a Freedom of Information Act requests. They had to sue. I think it took four to five years to, to get copies of the complaints that passengers had made about the TSA. And this is like, you know, whose side is the government on? Yeah, well, I, I think we've answered that question a number of times, but it's, uh, oh, one final PS on the Kerry thing. Um, Kerry's announced he's stepping down from his, uh, this cushy gig that he, uh, to work for his election losing magic on Joe Biden's presidential campaign. I think that's kind of interesting. Why would you have a guy that got so severely tromped, you know, come and work on your campaign where you're already doing pretty lousy by yourself? But so at least he's going to grab a couple more months of taxpayer European travel uh, before he actually gives it all up. Um, so, uh, so the thing I'm waiting for is the swift boats for climate change. Yes, yeah, swift boats for climate change. That would be great. I would, I would pay to see that. That, uh, that would be good. I, um, I did find it interesting. CNN did an article on it about him stepping down, and uh, of course, right at the end, they pointed out how he served in the Navy in Vietnam as a gunboat officer on the Mekong Delta. Got the Silver Star, the Bronze Star, and three Purple Hearts. Rush Limbaugh used to make fun of that all the time. Whenever he referenced to uh, to Kerry, he'd always say, "You know, to John Kerry, who served in Vietnam." And I'm surprised that the CNN—not surprised, but unfortunately—CNN didn't mention. The uh, Silver Star, the Bronze Star, and the Three Purple Hearts that he allegedly lofted over the gate at the around the White House, if you recall, back in his uh, salad days when he was uh, so embarrassed and so on. So that, uh, just a little thing of memory. But um, it's always uh, always an interesting thing to when you look in the rearview mirror on some of this stuff. But the um, uh, so you think uh, getting back to the TSA article, the. Um, Essentially, what we're saying here is we can look forward to, oh, maybe around spring break or summer vacation, this biometric facial recognition mandatory picture-taking business will have settled in at uh, uh, over at National and various airports around the country, you think? Um, I don't know when they're going to try to make it mandatory. I mean, they're, they're pushing in that direction. It's interesting. I was flying out of Dallas in November, and uh, there's the TSA is partnered with a private company called Clear to uh, help set up this and help to entice people to join up. 
And I was in the normal TSA line of schlubs who had not paid pre-check. And, um, you know, I was waiting and waiting. And um, there was a, a separate line with these, uh, with these uh, two um, stocky women who had on uh, outfits for the clear program. And so, you know, and idle hands, devil's play thing. So I uh, had my cell phone. I just kind of raised up and started taking their photos. Oh, they got pissed. One lady, you can't take my photo. I said, you're there waiting to scan people's retinas, okay? <laughs> and, 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 you, and you're saying people aren't allowed to take your photo? Yeah, show me where that's written. I think I remember that picture you ran, and uh, she had a. Uh, oh yeah, she was. Uh, she had a facial was, attitude. Uh, is uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty descriptive by itself. Well, I don't want to go any further into this thing because it's a great article, and there's a lot of juicy little tidbits in there. If you have any thought about flying, or you are going to fly, or you've even seen an airplane go overhead recently, you should read this because it's uh, so so uh, overreaching that it could come to visit you at the uh, most inopportune time. If I just get sick and one more thing, I, you know, part of my fear of this is that it could lead to like a social credit system yes. where, where where people are blocked from traveling, biometric uh, identifiers. But, but the real problem is that, is that these TSA facial scans might be able to identify when people have got total contempt towards the TSA. And that's something that could block me from flying. It would. It would. I mean, just one look at you right there. Then you have retina scan on yours with that jaundice view, and you're, you know, you're, you're out of it. You're, you're done. You're uh, someone that. looks too ornery for their yep. own good. Just take him back to that little room and do another inventory of his physical prowess. That's, uh, that's what I would be afraid of if I were you. But uh, we'll have to save that for another time. I, I can't wait for the follow up because the two and only have once again frittered away all our valuable potting time. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, the Bovard Memorial Curtain of Mercy has to come crashing down around us. I uh, barely have enough time to remind you to get your own personal copy of Jim's latest, Last Rites, The Death of American Liberty. Mouse your way over to jimbovard.com or Amazon, whatever, get yours. And uh, while you're mousing, pay a cyber visit to Brian Wilson Writes at substack.com for a free subscription and semi-unlightening stuff. Members of today's audience will be getting a rare complimentary and untraceable Bass Pro Cap that you can wear secure and noted and you'll not be traced by the busy bodies at the NSA. But you can read about that with uh, Mr. Bovard's article. Uh, for Jim, Jim Bovard, Brian Wilson reminding you, you can't believe anything until it's been denied by the government. We'll see you next week.